You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. HITSEF offers a look at Russian hybrid warfare. It aims, experts say, at redressing the loss of the Cold War. Microsoft Internet Information Services 6.0 is found vulnerable to a buffer overflow attack. Cerber ransomware evolves to evade detection. There are bugs found in Siemens ICS products. VMware patches some vulnerabilities. And malicious USB sticks are strewn around a Canadian university campus. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, March 29th, 2017. CYNET's 12th Annual IT Security Entrepreneurs Forum, most often known by its acronym ITSEF, convened yesterday in Mountain View, California, with sessions continuing today. ITSEF describes its goal as bringing together policymakers and security technology innovators to discuss ways in which they can cooperate to the benefit of their stakeholders. We'll be publishing detailed accounts of this reciprocal illumination beginning tomorrow. But today we've been hearing a great deal about Russian hybrid warfare. A panel of cyber threat, intelligence, and foreign affairs experts was asked to comment on Russia's motivation and goals in information operations. The panel's take on the matter was brief, clear, and not offering much ground for hope. Russia, and in particular its president, resents its loss of position caused by the fall of the Soviet Union at the end of the Cold War. They seek to recoup their place in the world and regain the world's respect, which they believe has been damaged through the insult of defeat. They do not see a clear line between war and peace. They see themselves as always in a state of war with the U.S. and Western Europe, and that to fail to damage their adversary through cyber attack and especially information operations would constitute negligence. They do not see the political, economic, and personal domains as distinct, and will use cyber attacks to damage the opposition in any of those spheres. They make extensive use of criminal gangs, since after all, economic damage to the enemy is counted again. And they have a long history of effective propaganda and disinformation. Coincidentally, the Finnish Security Intelligence Services have released their annual report on national security. The cyber threat, especially from Finland's large Russian neighbor, receives prominent attention, and the report, linked in this morning's CyberWire Daily News Brief, is worth checking out. A few new developments in the threat and vulnerability spaces have come to light at midweek. Security vendor Trend Micro reports that Microsoft Internet Information Services, IIS 6.0, is vulnerable to a buffer overflow attack. This zero day is thought to have been exploited in the wild in July or August of 2016. 
Trend Micro also reports that Serbear ransomware has shown signs of evolution into a more evasive form. It now has loaders delivered by self-extracting Dropbox files, which seem designed to avoid detection by machine learning security tools. Researchers at the German security firm Cure53 have disclosed bugs in Siemens' RuggedCom ROX VPN industrial communication endpoints and firewalls. There are no patches, but Siemens has issued advice on mitigating the vulnerabilities. VMware has issued patches for moderate to critical vulnerabilities found in three of its products, ESXi, Workstation, and Fusion. Users should heed the security bulletin. Election hacking, or at least a big compromise, has come to Hong Kong. The Chinese city's registration and electoral office has disclosed that the loss of two laptops taken from a locked room in the Asia World Expo Conference Center exposed the personal information of some 3.7 million voters. The laptops are said to have been encrypted, but how strong that encryption might be is unknown. Many organizations are moving more and more of their IT infrastructure to the cloud, and data security and compliance are an understandable concern. David Kidd is VP of Governance, Risk and Compliance at Peak10, a national IT infrastructure provider. He makes the case that shifting much of the burden of compliance to an outside cloud provider is worth a look. When you think about an IT professional and the, the burdens that are under just every day keeping systems up and running, IT professionals are, are systems guys. You know, these, these are men and women that deal with technology and making new systems and, and making them work. They're not attorneys. They're not folks that are up on uh, all of the latest regulations and up on those standards. The basic level and driver of IT professionals is always to push for the new technology. And security professionals are a little more cautious, as are the regulators that they have to answer to and, and those that define the industry standards that they have to uh, answer to. So when the technology guys said, hey, this is some really neat technology, we want to play around with this and see what we can do, and, and looking at virtualization and cloud services and, and the flexibility and the ability to scale up and down and the disaster recovery benefits of, of virtualization and, and, and living in the cloud, that was just really appealing to the technology guys. But if the security and the regulatory folks, they took a look at this and said, you know what, we're, we're scared of this. This makes us nervous. We understand standards where we can look at the box and, and we can define the limits of the system. We know the limitations of the network and where those system boundaries are. We can look at physical storage and we understand those boundaries. But when you start talking about putting in the cloud, that scares us. We're frightened of it. And, and they really said no and pushed back hard on that for a while. Uh, some of that was internal with larger organizations particularly, and some of that was external because, frankly, regulators did not understand uh, the cloud in the early days. And over time, the financial side started to look at this, and they were hearing about the benefits. Uh, you know, They would hear in the hallways the conversations that those IT guys would have when they were excited about the new technology and said, well, it helps us with the refresh costs. It uh, you know, helps us with disaster recovery and makes that faster and cheaper. It gives us the ability to scale up and down as, as business uh, needs change. And that puts some pressure back on the regulatory world and the security world to say, you know what, we need to come up with a way to make this cloud work and work well 
and provide the security that we need. To be able to take a piece of that burden uh, off of them and know that the underlying infrastructure that they are building their systems on top of is not only highly available and highly secure, but to know that it meets the regulatory requirements and industry standards that they are beholden to uh, is an enormous relief because that's just one piece that they don't have to chase after and and have to uh, get up to speed on. That's David Kidd from Peak 10. Just as physical loss can pose a threat to data and systems, so too can things physically found. Canada's Carleton University sustained a ransomware attack in November 2016, but the university has now found another hardware-delivered threat, USB sticks left strewn about the campus. The devices contain a keylogger. It's unclear whether there have been any successful infections, and it's not known if there's any connection to last year's ransomware incident. We close today's report with some sad news. Trend Micro's CTO, Raymond Genes, passed away suddenly over the weekend at his family's home in Germany. He'd been one of those most responsible for building Trend Micro. He was well-liked and much respected in the security community, and he'll be missed. He was only 54. Our condolences to his family, friends, and colleagues, as people who work in InfoSec look back at a life that, while too short, was nonetheless well-lived. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He's from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Uh, Joe, we got a story that came by on Ars Technica about uh, an IoT device. This is actually a teddy bear uh-huh. uh, from a company <laughs> called Spiral Toys, and the line of toys are called Cloud Pets. Right. 
sounds like a, a sounds like a great idea. There's an indicator right there, <laughs> cloud pets, so we know what's going on with this. And and I guess the notion here is that uh, these stuffed animals could record some kind of a voice message from a grandparent, and the voice would come out of the bear, and right. the kids could record a message, and the grandparents could get the message out of the bear, and this all sounds fun and, and adorable and, uh, and uh, creepy <laughs> yeah probably a little bit creepy but uh, they had a problem because turns out over uh, two million of these messages got leaked online right and uh, they were using a very secure password hashing algorithm uh, called bcrypt yeah there is some debate about the security I've seen in the community about whether or not it's 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 secure but I like it I and mind you I'm not a cryptographer but one of the things I like about bcrypt is uh, unlike other hashing algorithms you can make it more difficult as time goes on so it's pretty resistant to brute force cracking okay however these these people at spiral toys didn't enforce a good password policy so you could use a single character as your password Mm. Well, it takes a very short amount of time to run through every single one-character password. <laughs> and whatever right. percentage of people are using one-character passwords, if those passwords are leaked, they're already known. They're known within within seconds of those passwords being leaked. Because there there are these password-cracking tools. Uh, my favorite is called Hashcat. Anybody can go out and download this. Uh-huh. Uh, if you have a GPU, which is a, uh, a graphics card for gaming, even a commodity GPU can crack passwords at an impressive rate. So, so in terms of uh, of these toys, then because of the allowance of weak passwords, right. people can uh, are, are they just tossing random things into Hashcat to see if they stick? How how does it work? Yeah, well, first thing you do is you check uh, the lists of known passwords, mm. right? Sure. So sure. every year somebody publishes the ten the ten most common passwords, and every year one two three four five six is one of them, right? right. So, sure. yeah. so that's the first one you guess, and then you go through, and you'll probably get maybe maybe. 0.5% of, of the passwords will be cracked with that top 10 list. But 0.5% is a significant number mm-hmm. um, of passwords that you can crack with a top 10 list. Uh, and there are password lists that are hundreds long, 10,000 long, the top 10,000 10, passwords. You can just Google these and find them. You put them as, as an input file into Hashcat, and it just goes through and brute forces the passwords using the list. Then you can apply other things called rules, like common substitutions. For example, instead of using an A, I'm going to substitute an at sign, or maybe right. I'm going to substitute a four. Sure. I can find more passwords just because I've, I've changed the word password to capital P, uh, at sign, five, five, W0RD, that doesn't make it any more secure. It's still password, and there's only a couple of rules I need to apply to crack that password. The lesson here that we uh, that we, we come back to many times right. is uh, you can't assume that any any of these IoT connected devices right. are actually secure. Yeah, we get back to the same problem that we always talk about with, with the IoT, and that's surface area. All you're doing when you buy these things and put them in your house is you're increasing your attack surface and how many different ways attackers have to exploit things that are on your network. Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. 
That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.